You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. We're actually going to start at the very end of the Bible. Now, most of the, in fact, all of the quotations uh, are on the screen this evening. They're taken from the New King James Version. Uh, but of course, if you want to follow it in your Bibles, it's always advisable if you can. So we're going to have a look at the very end of the Bible, just to have a look at this final picture. Now, I have to say, if you were going to read this, if you went into a, 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 you know, a Bible shop and thought, I've never read the Bible, uh, and you were like me, and I thought, I'll, I'll skip to the last page to see uh, how it finishes, um, you might be in a little bit of trouble, really, um, as you'll probably see from these verses here. So <clears throat> this is Revelation chapter 22, and um, it's a revelation that the Lord Jesus made to uh, his apostle John. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. So, if you were going to read this for the first time, yes, I suppose you might say it sounds quite a little bit like a happy ending, but there's a lot of um, uh, words in there uh, put together which probably don't really make a lot of sense. But it's just this one aspect that I've chosen. I could have chosen a few of these themes in in that one uh, paragraph there uh, to show how they run all the way through the Bible to show that it truly is written by the Lord God. Um, And and I've just chosen this one thing which is called the tree of life. Now the tree of life doesn't appear that often in God's word. Um, You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong but I think it's just right at the end and right at the beginning. uh, there may be sort of allusions to it uh, uh, elsewhere, but um, let's just let's just move on and see that. Uh, so there you go. That's right at the end of of God's word in Revelation. Let's have a look at at the second piece. Now we're not going to go straight back to the beginning just yet. I just want I've chosen Acts chapter three because it's really interesting. What this is this is uh, the Apostle Peter, and he's actually speaking to the Jews to God's people, and and this is in Jerusalem. And this is after um, God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ, has been been crucified and has has been raised raised from the dead and and he's ascended into heaven. And and Peter is talking to the Jews um, uh, in Jerusalem. And he he says this, "'Repent therefore and be converted, "'that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And you might say, well, what is this time of refreshing? And perhaps then you liken that to those few words that we read in in Revelation that talks about this pure river flowing and, and the healing of the nations. This is what Peter was talking about to the Jews. But then he goes on to say that he, that's God, may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God 
has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So essentially what Peter was saying to the Jews was, look, God had a plan right from the very outset, right from the very beginning. That's, and we think, what the beginning, that's creation. And he's spoken about this plan, this hope, and this restoration of all things through his holy prophets right from the very beginning. So, and that's written in the New Testament. So to ignore that, uh, you're going to not really get the full picture if you ignore the fact that God has spoken about this wonderful hope, this restitution of all things uh, since the very beginning through the holy prophets, which are all in the Old Testament. So let's move on. Right. Let's go right back to the beginning then, because essentially that's what um, Peter was saying, that we have to go right back to the beginning to understand the end picture. So um, if we actually turn back to, our, um, to, to Genesis, um, we see that right at the beginning, there was the tree of life that God had planted. In actual fact, there was, there was several trees in the Garden of Eden. There was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and then there was the tree of life. And you perhaps remember that when Adam and, uh, Adam and Eve were created, God gave them very simple instructions. He said they could eat from any tree of the fruit, uh, the fruit from the trees in the Garden of Eden, except for one. You cannot eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and, and, because as soon as you do, you will surely die. So that's essentially what that slide says. <laughs> do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And they could freely eat from the tree of life at the time. But perhaps as we know, Adam and Eve, we mentioned this this morning, um, you know, had an inquisitive nature. If somebody says don't, it just makes them even more inquisitive. And they went and ate from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that was the first sin against God. And because they did, they were condemned to death. And so you might have thought, all right, okay, that's the end. You know, man and women of, men and women have sinned against God. Adam and Eve sinned against God. Um, that, that's the end of God's plan. But not at all. This was absolutely the very beginning of God's plan of salvation. And we'll come on to the center point of, of this plan in a, in a short while. And we see that in, right back in Genesis, that although the, Adam and Eve were prevented from eating the tree of life, um, because they'd sinned against God and they were subject to sin and death because of that sin, we know that a seed was replanted. A new seed to a new tree of life was planted way back there in Genesis. And we get this through the curse um, that God gave onto the serpent who had convinced Eve to eat from the, from the fruit of, the, of knowledge of good and evil. And this is what God said to the serpent. Because you have done uh, because you have done this, because you convinced Eve to eat of the fruit, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And uh, I've just highlighted some of the things because there the name is, of the word seed is mentioned twice. One is in the plural and her seed capital is in the singular and then it says he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel so there's going to be this conflict going on between 
these two seeds of the woman. Okay, so let's move on. There's the planting of the seed. And if we move on to Genesis, we start to um, read, uh, well, just to just fill in a little bit of detail, because we're taking some big leaps here. Um, not everybody turned to God, did they? They didn't learn from their mistakes, from, from what Adam and Eve um, had done in, in, disobe- in disobeying God. <clears throat> and <clears throat> a lot of men and women didn't turn to God. They weren't faithful at all. And yet, in Genesis, later on in Genesis, we read about a man called Abraham, who was faithful to God. He trusted in God. He listened to God. And because he did, God made some promises. And here we see that this seed that was planted there in Genesis, this promise that God made through the curse to the serpent, starts to come to fruition. Uh, So as I say, Abraham trusted in God, and because of his faith, God said to this to him, I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as uh, as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies." In your seed, there's that word, in your seed, the plural, all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So we know from that chapter that the seed would grow. Okay, so let's move on. You remember what uh, Peter said to the Jews? He said that um, your Um, the prophets, the holy prophets, had spoken about this wonderful blessing, this this hope of this uh, the restoration of all things. So let's have a look at one of these prophets uh, that was sent to the nation of Israel. Um, So we're moving on quite a bit. This seed of Abraham uh, actually grew to become a great nation, the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, um, or the Jews, as we perhaps... uh, know them today and if you take a look at Isaiah chapter 5 Isaiah was uh, speaking to the Jews at a time when they uh, they they had a king they were a well-established kingdom they'd uh, grown rich um, and quite powerful and they'd forgotten all about God as so often happened with uh, the, the seed of Abraham the Israelites they quite often forgot that God was their saviour was their provider and quite often they started to trust in the gods of the surrounding nations but this is what um, Isaiah or God said through uh, Isaiah the prophet the vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in so here we see the seed has grown it's developed and some stages in their history God did delight in Israel. Um, They did follow him. They did trust and obey him. Uh, And they had great kings like David and and others. But quite often, they didn't. Quite often, they just started worshipping other gods. They forgot all about the God who had delivered them into this wonderful land and who had prepared this land for them. And... But we see how God had dug up and cleared the land and prepared it. And he put in it the choicest, choicest vine. And Abraham was perhaps the choicest vine. And there were other men after him who were good, choice vines. But this is what God said. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, 
but it yielded only bad fruit. Unfortunately, Israel quite often turned away from God and turned to other gods. And so the seed, plural, were unfortunately rarely faithful. This is pretty much what the Old Testament is all about. And so God uh, cut them down. Um, he didn't completely dis destroy them. That wasn't part of his plan and it wasn't part of his promise. But he was certainly going to punish them for their disobedience. And, and as it says in Isaiah, I will make it a wasteland and briars and thorns will go there. So it would sound potentially from, from that promise that was back in Genesis that uh, there was no hope for this tree of life. Um, it sounded as though it had just gone to rack and ruin and Israel didn't trust in God. And, and is that the end of the story? But of course we know it's not. You know, God never goes back on his promises. And I think this is where, if we turn over a few pages to a, a later chapter in Isaiah, let's take a look at it. It's in Isaiah chapter 53. And here we see that God, I think it's in Ezekiel, and it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful verse. It said that, a bit like a gardener, I don't know whether any of you do any gardening, but you can just crop the top of a plant off, um, and you can just put it, I'm sure you, everyone's done it, it's great fun, uh, and you put it in a little jar of water, and this little sprig can start shooting out some little roots. Um, so from an old or a dying plant, you can just re put in this, this little sprig into a little jar of water and you can see the roots starting to shoot forth. And if you look at Ezekiel, there's a chapter in Ezekiel that, that said that's essentially what God did. He could see that Israel was, was dying and it wasn't bringing forth fruit, so he, he cropped off this little sprig and replanted it. And this is what we're going to think about now because in Isaiah there's this wonderful verse that talks and looks forward to the true seed, the true seed of the tree of life that would bring life to everybody, not just to the Jews, but to people like us as well. And it was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And this was written hundreds of years before him, before he was born. But how accurate these prophecies were that the, pro that the, uh, the prophets wrote. And here we go, this is what Isaiah wrote. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. So it's a, it's a wonderful prophecy, isn't it? When you actually think what the Lord Jesus Christ went through when God sent Jesus to the people of Israel to save them, that he wasn't welcomed really with open arms, was he? In fact, quite the opposite. They hated him, the Jews did. They, they wanted the inheritance for themselves, but they certainly didn't want to listen to God, and they weren't going to listen to God's son either. And he was despised and rejected by the Jews. And yet, again, it says in Isaiah, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And you think about that word bruise. Where have we heard that earlier? It was right back there, wasn't it? In, in Genesis chapter 3. Um, and that curse on the serpent. That the seed of the woman would bruise. Uh, or or the, the seed of the woman would bruise the heel. Um, oh, 
Yes, anyway, we know where we saw the bruising. <laughs> um, but it, essentially, the, in this conflict, that the, uh, the seed of the woman would, would overcome, overcome and destroy sin and death. And that's where this word bruise comes from. Um, when thou shalt make the soul of his offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. So as I say, this prophecy of Isaiah is looking forward to a fruitful seed that would spring up as just as God had promised. So right here, right in the center of the picture, uh, something that all the, all the prophets spoke about, they were looking towards the Lord Jesus Christ, to God's son, who is absolutely the central, pivotal part of God's plan of salvation for mankind. So this fruitful seed would grow. And as I say, the Lord Jesus is at the heart of God's plan to save mankind. He's that seed promised at the very beginning in Genesis. He's the seed through whom all of us, anybody, can be saved from sin and death because of the sacrifice that he was prepared to make. And so he is the tree of life. And he always has been, right from the very beginning, from God's initial conception at creation. So here was a tree that would truly bring forth fruit. And this is what Jesus went on to say in John chapter 15, talking to his disciples. Again, he's using the same analogy that Isaiah had used, uh, talking about the fruitful and the unfruitful vineyard. Jesus went on to say, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Here is, herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And so what Jesus is saying there is that we too can be part of this final picture. Um, and if we remember those words that we read in, in Revelation 22, um, it talked about the tree of life um, and its leaves were for the healing of the nation. And essentially, I think that's what God is calling us to be, is to, uh, if we trust and accept God as our saviour and the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we accept him as our saviour and we, are, uh, we go through the waters of baptism and start a new life in Jesus, we have this wonderful hope that on his, at his return, we too can join him in that kingdom to help in this restoration program uh, process um, uh, and bringing the world back to, um, to glory and to the righteousness that God created it in the first place. But we need to bear fruit now. We need to follow the perfect example of the Lord Jesus Christ that he gave us in the life that he led. And if we do, then we can look forward 
to what essentially is the harvest. So we know that we're coming towards the end now, don't we? We've seen the seed grow and develop through the nation of Israel and the fact that the true seed, that the singular is the Lord Jesus Christ through all, all nations of the earth can be blessed. And then when Jesus returns, there's going to be a harvest where the good fruit is gathered in. Let's just have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 for our final quotation. And hopefully some of these verses, if you read these in isolation without really having an appreciation of the Old Testament to see how this seed has developed and to read about some of the promises or the wonderful promises about the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, then reading some of these verses is going to be quite hard, I have to say. Um, I mean, Revelation 22 is, is a very difficult chapter to understand, but even some of these words of the Apostle Paul uh, are difficult to understand if we don't have a real appreciation of the Old Testament. So, talking about this harvest, this resurrection of those who have fallen asleep, but now is Christ risen from the dead, and he has become the first fruits. That's the first harvest of those that slept. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, because he never sinned, sin wasn't able to hold him in the grave, and, and God raised him up on the, thir the first day. And he was the first man to be raised to immortality, giving us all hope that we too can be raised to immortality if, if we're baptised into his saving name. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. As we read earlier in, uh, in Genesis, for as in Adam all die, even so Christ shall all be made alive. And then we get these wonderful words of this hope of resurrection for those who have fallen asleep. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the last, uh, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And of course, that goes back again to this conflict that we read about in Genesis between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent and that how that this 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 struggle between good and evil that has always been there will finally um, be overcome because of what Jesus accomplished so that's that that's it that that is the final picture uh, the picture of the tree of life which uh, was there in the Garden of Eden but now restored again um, right at the end of God's, uh, of God's word in Revelation 22 with the establishment of the kingdom. Uh, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return. He is going to raise those who have been faithful from the sleep of death. And he's going to, going to, to rule over an earth that is filled with righteousness. Again, words from Revelation 22. What a wonderful hope this is. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. This is the restoration that Peter was talking about, the time of refreshing 
when the Lord Jesus Christ is back on the earth. And I suppose really the final question is, that's the picture that God is painting and he's, he's called all of us to be part of that wonderful picture. He's called all of us to be there with him, uh, to with, we, we with the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns in that kingdom. And the question is, is over to you. Do you want to be part of that final picture? Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org if you enjoyed the episode then please share it with others until next time may god bless you in your studies and your walk towards god's kingdom amen